0: Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan. And today we're here with Brian Johnson. He's the president of Bubble Meats. This guy has done some amazing things in his career. You know, he's done multiple different startups, worked in many different sectors. And this is one of the reasons I was excited to have him come on because he's able to talk about the differences between like the IoT space versus manufacturing versus some of these other spaces, which might even seem mildly similar, but they're really not. They're, they run very differently and they're very different sectors to go into. So I think he brings a very unique opinion to at the
1: table. So Brian, say what's up to everybody. We'll hop in. How do y'all. Uh, my name is Brian Johnson. And it's uh, it's great to be here. I'm excited to do this today. It'll be a blast. So, Brian, let me ask you this first off. You've done a lot of different sectors.
0: So, what is your favorite? What was the one that you felt like, hey, this just stood out and above the rest?
1: The there's the easy sectors that are mature businesses that you you know well and have long standing relationships with and consumers and businesses have long standing relationships the space i'm in right now the saas space and really that lightning quick development where you see progress it's a fantastic spot to be in and the future growth in those industries and the amount of capital that's received and um, and raised is extraordinary love that
0: absolutely love that it's it's kind of interesting to watch you know all the different sectors and how they kind of intertwine with one another with with strategies but we've been finding it's so much easier to so in your case right come from a manufacturing space for example which is kind of a more fundamentally sound business model there's just kind of generic practices that you can use but if you take those practices and you translate them over into a new industry, like the IoT industry, which for those of you who don't know, that's the internet of things industry. So um, you're coming into that industry, but you can kind of take those those practices and translate them over and they work almost better because the competition's lower in this new, the new sector. So I, I really, I think that you've got such a, a unique take on, on um, strategy. So let's talk through a little bit, Brian, tell us a little bit about your story where you came from because you know you have come across so many different industries like
1: what brought you to where you're you're at now with bubble meats? you know I, I would say that the, the main industry that i got really comfortable with which actually right now has explosive growth in software and in I, in iot is the very mature industry that's becoming young again of logistics uh COVID has brought on a spur of uh, needing a ton of SaaS players, um, a ton of new IoT technology, especially in robotics, which is growing at a, at a fast pace. I, I really enjoyed that. And when I transitioned to the IoT space, knowing what I know about um, the logistics industry and seeing where the market was headed, I, I was just blown away because here I am used to really basic parcel delivery you know you know the ins and outs of international shipping, you know the ins and outs of um, global mail, which for your audience, that means very small packages shipped in enormous quantities. You know who's gonna deliver your packages. What those companies are looking to do the largest in the world, like a DHL or a UPS and an Amazon. How do we do it quicker, faster at a lower cost and I think most importantly for the people that are doing the best, how do we make our end customer the happiest? And there's actually two end customers in there. It's not only the person that receives and ships the package, um, it is the individual. It's also um, manufacturing the package. So you get this whole chain of life cycle where the shipping industry is looking for you in new and unique ways to really explode their business. And I think we'll see a a greater contraction in shipping, uh, especially when it comes to what's referred to as the less than truckload world, where it's very fragmented, not only in the United States, but globally. But you get into that IoT space and it translates perfectly, whether it's from um, the uh, logistics industry or um, getting into straight up manufacturing so like you said to your previous point it's all interrelated and connected together and so iot helps software software helps iot manufacturing involved but the at the core of that is the knowledge capital that people bring and at at some point some individuals think ai will take over that it might a little bit uh, but you still have that human capital which is you know kind of what you and i are doing today I think sometimes people overvalue those things because of the shows we watch,
0: uh, but they they don't actually look at uh, the the need for social interaction as well, and and how important that is. Like you said, the key relationships that are absolutely crucial when it comes to to owning and running a company and and the customer experience. And so, for you, you know, you've you have worked in so many different industries. So, what's kind of the you know you talked about you'd create a list of seven things. That uh, for, for marketing and for growth and, and for growing a company. Can you
1: kind of walk us through what that is and how that works? Yeah, sure. Uh, I gave it a title, <laughs> ironically, and I called it Pulling Back the Bow to Rocket the Arrow Forward. Love it. So one thing going from a small business owner to growing to those various stages, having multiple people working for you, where then you have departments, and then you can grow companies absolutely massively. But in that startup phase, uh, you know, especially and I'll, I'll stay in the tech world, SaaS world, IoT, robotics, right now, is anything worth doing is worth sucking at first. You started out, you're going to suck at it, ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Your product's probably not going to be that great. Because if you spend too long on R&D, everybody else has passed you up. It doesn't matter how great your, your, your software is, it doesn't matter how great your product or your robots are, someone's always looking to get to the market first um, or second. They might pass each other up or go back and forth. But it, but saying that you know, and looking at that, you're gonna suck to begin with. And the key right now for everyone is speed. And you had mentioned it earlier, there's interconnectivity and knowledge capital and these relationships. And, and one of my mentors calls that the power of proximity. Um, being in proximity of people that are better than you. And one of my mentors personally told me, um, uh, we talk about the smartest person in the room. I'm never going to be the smartest person in the room, and my father told me the definition of wisdom is realizing you know ha- you know absolutely nothing, uh, which I believe wholeheartedly. I've only had one person disagree with me on that. One. <laughs> I,
0: I completely agree. So we're you don't have two today. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, this is kind of where I was taking a note there really quick, but th- this um. It just kind of reminds me of a quote by Garrett J. White. He he said, "I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but he's like, when you get started at anything, you're you're gonna suck because you suck." <laughs> he said, "If you keep sucking, you'll eventually suck less to the point where you become good." Um, and I I love that because especially when it comes to business and co- going back to your analogy of like pulling the bow backwards in order to get the momentum to send the, to send the arrow forward that um, most people aren't willing to take that step backwards. I mean, we want to come in and make revenue day one Um, when in all reality, that's just, that's not
1: how business works. (laughs) It's it's the risk and most people don't have the stomach for it. Right. They absolutely don't have the stomach for it, especially when it starts to get into, you know, you're an entrepreneur and and starting out and the decisions are a thousand dollars. Then you grow. Then the decisions start becoming $25,000. And then, holy cow, I have a million-dollar decision that, that I have to make. That is a, That can be two things. That can be what's called stress. Or in the same vein as stress is a word called e-stress, the positive pressure you put in yourself. And when you look from an entrepreneurship standpoint, that positive pressure just makes you better. I want to get better every day at what I'm doing now. And as long as I make those incremental improvements, especially understanding the SaaS space, um, eventually you catch up pretty, pretty darn quickly. And the people that aren't willing to really absorb, it, it, it'll hamper. And there's the old quote is, you can be in an industry for 20 years and only have one year of experience. And it's the same experience that a person has with one year love it so so walk us through those seven steps i'm I'm just kind of curious what those are because i I think they'll be crucial to this interview (laughs) you know it'll it'll go back to what i just said about those decisions you can't get what you have with the psychology you have today i wasn't prepared to make twenty five thousand dollar decisions when i was making thousand dollar decisions because i had to worry about okay i have a six month old at home I have all these outside factors. You get that um, fear of failure going on. So it's a lot of times it's ready, fire, aim. And we discussed that that earlier. And growing your psychology. And a lot of that has to do, you know, for me personally, you know, when I hear an entrepreneur say that they don't read or listen to audiobooks, it, it kind of makes my jaw drop. And there's other facets of that, learning in different ways. But right now, you have to keep up with that speed of knowledge. Um, We were talking about advertising in the phone book. Yeah, you got to have new and interesting ways to advertise. And then trailing on that, like number three, when I started out in the business, and this is a useless life skill, but a very useful business skill is understanding finances. I needed to learn how to master Excel. I needed to learn if I need to do a pro or do projections, I, I, I can't count on anybody to do it when I'm new in a business, but I sure as hell need to know if there's 50 people working that I can read exactly what they're doing. And if you're not monitoring the finances, it's a recipe for disaster because all of a sudden, you know, I think I'm making money, but I'm actually losing uh, $1,000 a month, $100,000 a month. And that goes into the same thing that uh, the the finances. And that's kind of number four is you have to do a plan. Anything that's measured gets improved. That's not me talking here. That's science proven over and over and over again we have to plan you know with what i'm doing currently we there's massive amounts of planning that needs to go on there's all these dancing pieces that need to work in unison and things fall out and but when, since we're constantly measuring that uh we know when those pieces fall out we know quickly versus six six months down the road and the largest companies in the world they know that to a T, they know it within an hour. And that's the value to them from the SaaS space. They can look at this piece of software, they can look at this piece of AI, Um, they can look at this functionality of an IoT product and know immediately. And and so that that planning part's huge. And, And that goes in tandem with everything else. Because when I thought my first business was failing, And I had to take those steps backwards. Eventually, my work and effort caught up to that actual plan and and surpassed it. And I looked 12 months after I made that plan. And I said, holy shit, I actually beat that. And that gets into my next point. You know, celebrating the $500 million acquisition was fun. And for most people and things I've read, that uniqueness and fun wears off pretty quickly, even though you can buy a heck of a lot of toys and help a heck of a lot of people. If you help a heck of a lot of people, that's that's much better. But it's as an entrepreneur, it's celebrating the little wins. And I'll tell you, it, it, being interviewed to, uh, by you today is a little win. You know, I get to up my game, talk to someone that's professional, in the podcasting industry, and I feel more knowledgeable and better after I get out of this than when I started. You know, and, and for example, today, you know, I thought about an idea of integrating Spotify and Pandora in one of our waiting rooms. And that's cool to be done this afternoon. And it's like, man, that's awesome. That's fun. So it's, it's celebrating those little wins. And then I'll I'll just, (laughs) I'll just go to the next one. And I I should have started with this one first, but I I put it kind of number six just because everything else falls in line. And there's many books written about this. Is it's what's your why? Why am I doing this? And when I was quote unquote, less mature than I am now, my why was radically different. You know, a lot of very young entrepreneurs that they came from a background like me, my why was based solely on how much money I can make. It's buying that $100,000 car. It's showing people the vacations I can take. It's wearing the incredible clothes. It's buying the incredible house. Uh, That's fun till it's not fun anymore. So it has to be bigger than that. And really understanding that from the get-go, I think is a fundamental part of entrepreneurship. And when you're in that that area of pulling that bow back to the very start, and when you're wondering how you're going to pay that bill, and you you have a baby at home like we talked about, that why becomes pretty damn important. And uh, the most successful entrepreneurs, they might not have made the most money, but that why can change all the time. It can change all the time. And it's always keeping that why front and center. And I'm pretty damn happy with my why today, because if I would have always kept it at money and um, uh, ego, ego, things along those lines, because entrepreneurs, believe it or not, tend to have a pretty damn big ego. (laughs) If I would have kept kept it at that, uh, I would be miserable. And um, money and be sitting on it wondering what you did with your life. (laughs) And it's, it's, it culminates into If things aren't just, and this might sound counterintuitive, if things are just not flat out working and you're doing all of these things, especially in light of COVID, today's economy, remote and virtual work, uh, some people refer to it as the power of the pivot. You have to pivot. You have to find something new that you can go to. And A lot of individuals take that as a failure. And it's just kind of like my whole career. I can take everything I learned and transition to a new industry. And all those basics, I don't know one industry it doesn't translate to. They translate to every single industry. And that pivoting point is, is an absolutely huge thing right now. And it's unfortunate, I know a lot of people are, that are struggling out there because they refuse to let go of, of their past and what they're used to. And getting out of your comfort zone as an entrepreneur, super scary. You know, when I, when I get in front of an audience and have to speak to a lot of people, that can sometimes be scary. Doing interviews can be scary. Now I have a new great skill that I can use not only in my professional life, but my personal life. And it just becomes a lot of fun. And how can I do this whole thing just to wrap up this little version of wisdom I've gained is how can I do it all and have fun and not take myself too damn seriously. We're just building software here for God's sakes. (laughs) Hopefully it'll change the world, but it's just software.
0: (laughs) Right. I agree with that. (laughs) When and I thank you first off for sharing those steps because and wrapping it up with that because you know, fun having fun with it is the important part. I I know a lot of people talk about this, you know, you need to have you need to work with what your passion is, but I just think you need to get passionate about what you're doing. Learn to have fun with everything you're doing because work isn't fun. Nobody wants to work. We'd all rather be sitting on a beach doing nothing. And the reality is that if, if you get passionate around it, as you're saying, you'll watch as the success just explodes. So I wanna ask you this, Brian, first off, where can people get
1: access to you guys and see kind of what you're doing over at Bubble Meats? Sure, uh, you can go to Uh, uh We have a uh, working beta right now, which is uh, pretty damn cool. And again, the cool thing about the SaaS space is it gets better and better in every day. And I wish I could show people what's behind the scenes, but I'll put the uh, the trailer from the 19, uh, late 80s coming soon. Awesome. And that's one of the joys you get out about doing this and the passion is seeing that constant improvement. Right. And honestly, the software is going to be amazing. So make sure you all go check it out.
0: Um, see if it's something that you could use, especially as an entrepreneur who does a lot of video conferencing this will be something that you're gonna love. So, Brian, I just wanna end this interview with one final question. So if you could leave us one final parting piece of guidance, what would that be?
1: Follow this, number one, follow the seven steps I told you because they're relative for every single person, not only professionally, but personally. Um, Number two, uh, this is gonna sound like a very basic thing. If you're struggling with the concept, if you're struggling with how to do something, odds are you can find it on the internet for free. Number two, and Tony Robbins calls it C A N I, Can I, constant, never ending improvement. That's what needs to be focused on. If you can make those 0.1%, 1% improvements every day in your business, the compound effect is where you look back and say, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening.
0: I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan podcast. If you want to fill your favorite platform with dream customers, then come join myself and thousands of others of hosts at theluckytitan.com slash tribe. Here you can find guests for your show, get featured on other shows and discover the secrets to building an audience of raving fans. So once again, go create your free account at theluckytitan.com slash tribe.